Welcome back to another evening of Scott Shower. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right, this is episode 106. And uh, before we jump into this, uh, I'd just like to say uh, thank you to all the new subscribers on YouTube and on Rumble. I think we've been neglecting those of you who uh, watch us on Rumble. So thank you for those new subscribers on there, as well as the views on, uh, on Rumble as well. And also thank you to all the listeners on all the Audible platforms that we are on. Um, all right. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe if you like our content. Leave some comments down below so that way we can... Uh, communicate with you and if you have any suggestions well more than happy to listen to those and uh and implement them uh, as we did with our new uh i guess i'm not sure it's really new anymore but (laughs) (laughs) but our scotch uh, scoring system um so this evening our lineup is uh we're gonna do the uh delmore 12 sherry cask select uh then uh, our restaurant review is doug's diner and then we'll have our shout outs and get it together with our smarter challenge being the top tens uh, of our show. So uh, we've been on the air for a little over uh, 100 episodes. So we're going to choose our top 10 favorite topics, top 10 uh, scotches, which was extremely hard to pick, and top it's 10 impossible. restaurants. <laughs> uh, were there any other? Was it just those three categories? Those three, that's. The Dalmore Sherry Cask Select. This is a treat from the Dalmore. Uh, This elegant 12-year-old single malt is finished in three styles of aged Olorosa Sherry Casks, balancing nutty flavors and sweet Pedro Zimenez influence. A little bit about the Dalmore, which we have spoken about previously. Since 1263, uh, they started their lineage, really, and it was that time long ago, centuries ago, that Colin of Kintail saved King Alexander III from a charging stag, and his family, therefore and on, has been gifted the right to use the 12-point stag in their coat of arms and as it comes through the Dalmore Scotch has used it ever since and we have had some phenomenal Dalmore Scotches on our 106-week journey here. The one thing I will say here with them, they are in the middle of renovation so um, if you are looking for information and you're going to be traveling out to Scotland, um, you're not going to be able to do a tour yet because they're not going to be open until 2024 uh, to have any tours available. So just keep that in mind. Um, and uh, I know they take a lot of pride in the uh, the casks that they use. They absolutely take a ton of pride. Uh, and that is part of this Sherry Cask Selects flavor profile is just their partnership with Spain. So really, uh, they take a an ensemble of casks 
from Sherry, uh, from Oloroso and Pedro Zimenez wines um, that is unseen anywhere else in the industry. And I believe we got a little taste of that in that very scotch we tried not so long ago, but also so long ago with the King Alexander III, aged in seven different Wait. types of casks. Which casks did you say it was? Zimenez? Yes. I thought it was Gonzalez Baez. Um, I have Pedro Zimenez wines and Oloroso um, with your notes here. Oh, that's okay. That's what they're using on the 12. Okay. The 12 year Sherry Select. Uh, okay. That's yes. But on their other ones, I guess they have like, they have a special uh, relationship with the Gonzalez Baez. Yeah. They actually, throughout all of Spain, have stronger. I shouldn't, you know, that may not be the right way to phrase this but they have very particular partnerships with all these different spanish wine and uh, spirit distillers uh, and they select those casks because of the impact they've seen from those flavor profiles and i have not once been let down by a Dalmore Scotch. I can say I have been surprised and let down by many others, which honestly, you know, if I'm selecting between the Dalmore and the Ardbeg, and I know which one I get to choose, it's a tough one right now. Ah, do I choose a King Alexander III or an Ardbeg 19? That is turmoil, um, but I've been let down by the Ardbeg wee beastie, whereas I have never once been let down by a Dalmar. <laughs> but it does start, they do start the aging process of this one in American white oak. And I think that, in my understanding from my experience, really leads to that nutty flavor, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and it also it is a Highlands, uh, Highlands Scotch, which I'm pretty sure you mentioned that earlier, and it's off the, the coastline of... I'm probably gonna like. I'm gonna nail this. <laughs> it's Just a nail it. Camardi Firth. Uh, to go with it. Yeah, so uh, it's off the shores of the Camardi Firth. Sorry, that sounds perfect to me. All right. Just tell cool. the ladies if she gets you and she's like, "You're wrong." Say, "Take me there and prove it to me." You know, <laughs> Dalmore has never let us down with any of their packaging. Pretty signature for most of their bottles. So you get the to the upper end, uh, two hundred dollar plus region. The cigar malt, the eighteens. Uh, King Alexander the Third would be an extravagant version. Uh, this one, I love the purple and the. Bottle itself, unlike, and I think I am trying to still get over to this to this day, the Singleton bottle. Um, this is not the typical round bottle, but it is sexy as hell, particularly with that 12-point stack. I love the purple, much like the McAllen, the Dalmore, also does the hologram on the bottle and the label to really emphasize product specificity, um, as well as being a genuine Dalmore Scotch. At least I don't put it like on those part where you're trying to rip off the top of the, the foil. Yeah, that's tough, but I will tell you, Man, as I just mentioned, this is tough. The only reason I'm even bringing any of this up is because we are, this is a top 10, you know, episode really trying to reflect back on two years worth of restaurants and scotches and challenges and learning. Um, man, 
there is something the Dahmer and the McAllen do have something very special about their bottles as does Ardbeg and Lagavulin uh, but there is something where these two the McAllen and the Dalmore have set themselves apart. And out of those two, the Dalmore is the evident one, uh, but the McAllen has not let me down. All right, we uh, before we talk about Scotch bottles for another 12 years, or at least before I do, I'm going to dig into this bad boy and open it up. Feel free to talk as I go along. <laughs> it's all right. I'll let you open it up. <laughs> uh, typical great foil with the Dalmore and again this purple uh really majestic royal if you will uh fantastic to the level of it does uh, it's exciting it's fun and again here's where it gets a little tricky uh love the fact that there is a three-dimensional stag on the top it's plastic yeah, that's plastic. <laughs> if that's wood, uh, the ladies be buying real men from their catalogs. I don't think that's that's wood. That's plastic. It is still a great topper. That is real cork. They have not deferred or detoured from that. And the scotch itself, man, this color. I'm liking the color. She is suntan and sun-kissed. Or for the ladies out there, he is suntan and sun-kissed. <laughs> All right. All right. On to our warp speed and our tasting notes. Cheers. Cheers. Dalmore does not disappoint. That's all I got to say here uh, before I start my tasting notes. Um, first of all, I love the packaging. I love the purple. I think it looks great with the silver. The uh, The bottle itself, I think all the bottles are really classic looking. Um, even though they don't like, I like the longer type of like uh, bottles for the scotches, but like just the way they, they do their presentation, that big, huge, tall point stag is incredible. And then the color. The color I put down here is like a, where are my notes? I lost my notes. But in any case, uh, what, I, what I have here is dark amber uh, and color, uh, which I think is uh, definitely a plus for me. And um, just looking at that deep, rich amber color there, it's like, wow, what is what is this this scotch have in store for me like what kind of like what kind of beauty am i am i going to find here and it's so nice to unpackage it and and uh, open it up and see what you discover um the first thing uh with the aroma i get like caramelized orange with some cherries and raisin and uh you do get like a little bit of hint of ginger in there and some charred oak is what I got, um, which is nice and inviting because you get that, like that sweet smell, the little bit of ginger spice there, or sometimes you know ginger kind of gives that 
even like, you know, like when you have, um, uh, a sushi, that ginger kind of gives up that spicy clearing of the palate. And so in this case, you're not getting like a, uh, a spicy clearing of the palate, but you are getting it like a nice clearing in the aroma, which kind of helps give that space to like smell some of that other nice, great, um, sweetness and the uh hints of charred oak which i i found very inviting now on the palate the first thing that stuck out to me when i first took my first sip is that sweetness from those uh oloroso sherries and stuff which i thought was a, a great invite right there and it had a nice creaminess to it uh that uh, brought out some like dark chocolate and almonds mm. with a little bit of toffee and vanilla uh, and then near the back, this is where near the back end of my palate is where I started getting some of like that little bit more of like that woody spice or maybe it was like cinnamon spice. And that, that spice kind of like lingered from the back palate into my finish where I still got like nice hints of like um, of like uh, mango and citrus. Um, cause you know, you get like with mangoes, you get like that sappy sweetness mm -hmm. from a mango, which is so good. So having that on my finish here, uh, everyone wants that on their finish <laughs> made it, made it, made it for, uh, uh, an enjoyable finish, but then you got the nice citrus of the lemon with the, like the cinnamon spice still on there and it lingered well long enough for me to enjoy it. I, I kind of wish it lasted a little bit longer, but it still was a nice long finish to it. Um, I gave it a total of 91 points. Holy. What? Nothing. Um, so I gave it five out of five on the color. Four out of five on the presentation because, once again, uh, I had to be corrected on my scaling for color or for presentation. <laughs> um, the aroma, uh, I gave it uh, 28 out of 30. And then the uh, the palette was twenty eight out of thirty, and my finish was twenty six out of thirty. So I believe that comes up to ninety one, unless my math is wrong. Your math is right, and I did it in my mail in. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> you know math. My mango says you're on point. <laughs> Sweet. I love how you Noah presented your flavor profile, your profile with this whole scotch. And it's very interesting to me because there are definitely some houses or distilleries. I like to call them houses just because it's like house, Lannister house, you know, Talgarian. Uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Game of Thrones. But these different distilleries where we are so different and then there are somewhere we are so similar. <laughs> um, for I me, mean, you do get the benefit of hearing my <laughs> score before you tell me your score. So I always feel like, uh, you know, it's <laughs> so you get the added benefit to know like what, what, what I'm saying. Before you get it I hear you, but my points are always, my scores always added up before it. So uh, much like it's, so for me, I guess let's let's go down Jesse's journey. This is a sexy scotch. It reminds me. Oh, oh wait. Uh, yeah. Wait. Uh, before you jump into all that, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pause you. Right no, there. you're good. Uh, yes, I would take it to Black Tie Affair. 
Uh, no, I would not take it to a poker event because I don't want to share with those with those people unless they like all are like great or uh, all like really love scotch and they like to play poker. Um, I could see enjoying this with a nice cigar, medium cigar, uh, and um, it is one that I would like to have and hoard. Sorry. Uh, I, I keep forgetting to add that part after we started doing this, the scoring. Oh, no, so. no, you're good because we can always come back. Oh, yeah, that's there, true. There's so. no race. Ah, but with this, for me, ah, man, this to me, not just because of this majestic purple, also sexy, or this bottle, the stag, sexy as fuck. Uh, this is a sexy scotch from the nose. Ah, oh, caramel, hint of orange. Ah, oh, the little bit of ginger and that sherry. And why that is so profound to me is I love a magnificent cognac. And when the Dalmor brings in their cognac and Spanish influences, now cognac is French, yes. But this has absolutely got some of those influences there um, with this sherry flavoring uh, dynamite home run. Hit it out of the park. Um, and the last little bit I would say about on the nose besides that caramel, the orange is honey and vanilla on the palate. This is the lady you want to kiss. Mm. I, I guess I shouldn't assume. This is the lady I want to kiss. Dark chocolate. Almonds. Like the crush kind when you're chewing them and they're breaking apart in your teeth and you get that salty, sweet flavor in there. A hint of cinnamon. The caramel's robust right in the middle. Oh. And more vanilla, more honey. It's sweet. The sherry comes out. And then as we get towards the finish, you mentioned this. The finish starts super sweet and goes very dry for me. And I love it. I'm digging it. It is the, the caramel going into mango, going into white oak, um, and a little bit of panna cotta along the way. Now, panna cotta is the term that the Dalmore uses on their website. And I think it's very fitting because it is a creamy, almost honey sweet uh, flavor not quite creme brulee but not so far off and then it finishes and man uh, as we're getting to our smarter challenge how do you not remember the lemon cello cake we had an italian oh restaurant how would this go with that that is the finish on this scotch a hint of lemon zest along with that vanilla cream divine um this scotch for me and why i was laughing as you were doing your scoring is for me presentation four hmm, sounds familiar the color I don't even care if it's fake when it looks this good. I really don't. It's like stripper glitter makes it that much better, right? Five who out who of five. Who doesn't like stripper glitter? <laughs> five. Well, the mom when the kid comes home with it on his forehead. <laughs> Maybe. Ah, oh, just saying. No. Nice vanilla, too. We, yeah, we were a little bit different in the middle, but the nose. 27. Now, the palette is where this was absolutely dynamo for me at 28. Finish also a 27. Uh, grand total 
91. You got two 91s here. We didn't stray. Um, not pre-planned. This could have gone, gone any direction, but I think have. that, you know, from our experience, there are some scotches where we know something like this we're going to agree on. Much like last week, holy guacamole, the Ardbeg Trivan. <laughs> Life is great. Enjoy these scotches. Oh, man. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, is it 40, 46% alcohol? 43% ABV on this one. Uh, and they are saying that part of the reason that some things change, um, I am not aware of. I have never seen it. I have been drinking scotch for a while. I am not aware of a sherry cast select or something right around 43% ABV that tasted exactly like this. Um, some very similar. And the point being is that a couple years ago, uh, Spain changed one of their regulations around uh, not scotch, but their wines and the terminology. And Oloroso can now only be used for dry white wines. Mm. Um, so they're saying this new flavor profile is slightly different. They had an older version of the regular 12. I think this is, to me, definitely different flavor profile wise. I'm enjoying this one myself a little bit more than the regular 12, um, which is also dynamic, but yes, 43% ABV. And right when we opened the bottle, I could smell it. Now it's evaporated. And what's kind of like the <laughs> price point for the people who might be listening? Oh yeah, no, this is where this is a true win. It's kind of like uh, the beginning lines of some other scotches. Uh, if you get it on sale, $85 a bottle, otherwise right around $90 a bottle. So am I taking this to a poker game? Man, if I like the guys, yes. If I don't, no. Am I taking this to a formal event? Who doesn't with that box in this bottle? Hell yes. And then am I coveting this? Am I buying an extra bottle for myself? Absolutely. I am literally thinking about how magnificent this is to share with a great friend and uh, enjoy in the future. It's time for our shout outs. As we are in episode two of year three and it's very easy to forget that episode 106 or 106 106 or 106 appropriately is three years two episodes in so my shout out goes to you for originally bringing this up um and having this initial goal drive want to do something different which i think has been magnificent for us uh for me at least and i truly appreciate this journey one roughly 106 different restaurants 106 plus different scotches um, 106 different learning experiences and smarter challenges and it, it has been it truly has been 
an inaccurate, I would say impossible, but nothing is impossible that can be completed. But this has been an inaccurate task for me to complete because uh, to choose my own smarter challenge of the top 10 scotches, the top 10 restaurants, and the top 10 uh, uh, smarter challenges has been very difficult. And it is not, it was not well challenged. It should have been better defined is the best way to put it. But it's a, it's a growing learning experience and life will go on. That's a great, uh, thank you. That was a great, um, shout, shout out there. Shout out there. And, uh, definitely a shout out to you as well, because it does take a whole lot of commitment to, uh, not only like every week is like, we don't like no one sponsors us. So we have to buy every week. We have to buy a brand new scotch every week. We have to pay for our own dinners and then every week we have to make sure we have the time set up, set aside so that way we do these uh, these episodes. And then, you know, there's other things that we do on the side. Like, uh, you know, you do some extra things like uh, taking pictures and other stuff like that. And I take, you know, extra time doing some of the editing and posting it. So uh, it, it does. It takes, a, you know, there's a block of time and a, and a total commitment, not just to each other and not to just our podcast, but to all the people who listen to us and stuff. So. Uh, that's a great shout out. So thank you. Absolutely. Well earned, Noah. Thanks. Uh, my shout out is not so much uh, as uh, as meaningful as that. I want to give a shout out to someone who created a meme. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is the Skeletor meme. <laughs> no, but I've been on a Skeletor meme kick for a while. Yeah, you have. <laughs> Wait, what are two midgets? Don't go there. Next. <laughs> So, uh, this meme this person created was, uh, I didn't realize, uh, it was banking closing season. I still have train derailment <laughs> decorations up. <laughs> My get together goes literally who doesn't want to understand how did major banks go so wrong partying employing people who weren't balancing uh, making the wrong investments and then oh wait well the government will bail you out so i guess it's okay uh particularly because of uh different uh backing so yeah just uh get it together if i did the same thing no one's bailing me out This week, we went to Doug's Diner. All right, we went to the Doug's Diner in Parker. There are a number of Doug's Diner, particularly at least here in Colorado. For myself, I had the Hillbilly. So with the Hillbilly, you get three eggs, your choice, three slices of the meat of your choice. So you can have bacon or sausage, a biscuit covered with... Gravy. Gravy. And hash browns. Now, where they won? That bacon was dynamite. It was much like this Dalmore one on every scale. Color, <laughs> flavor, finish. It was winning. What didn't win was really the rest of the plate. I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I typically enjoy my foods baked fried cooked in 
butter and they may have used a different oil but the flavors were really lacking the service was good not great the ambiance was good not great uh overall the food value was high the food value was an eight the food taste was a seven so this is this is where it gets tricky it's that middle of the range restaurant because it's not quite fast food almost but not quite definitely not high end uh again uh man the ambiance the environment was a five it let me down taco bells have decorated better than this particular doug's diner at least and overall man the food right there around the six range the service right there around the seven range overall this restaurant is getting a six from me would i meet a friend there not if i can go anywhere else in the area it just wasn't memorable it wasn't fantastic it wasn't inviting uh, everyone in there seemed quiet like they wanted to eat and not talk so if you're looking for that this may be your place however usually when i go out whether it's with a friend or if i'm going to take a date which i would also not take there i want to talk i want to be able to look around i want the excitement i want some energy none of that existed here it's a six uh, all right, Doug's Diner. <clears throat> the most memorable part for me about the whole Doug's Diner was the table next to me and the blonde. <laughs> she looked pretty nice. Anyways, other than that, the food. Um, I ordered the... Uh, I was too busy looking at the biscuit <laughs> with gravy. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I uh, ordered the uh, bison burger, which on the menu sounded delightful because it, ha it had the this like blueberry uh jelly with jalapenos and and bacon bits and uh, cheese and it sounded like it was going to be divine and um the one thing i noticed about the food here at doug's diner was that it tasted very bland to me uh the fries were subpar they weren't nothing great there were nothing bad about them uh the burger itself um I really didn't taste much of anything on the burger except for the the bacon bits. Bacon, as you said, uh, it was perfect. Like that's the only thing I remember the from my was a ten. <laughs> the bacon itself was a ten. I didn't have a full bacon. Like I had bacon bits. <laughs> so when I had bites with the bacon bits in them, I had, it had plenty of flavor. It tasted great, but all the other bites were really bland. And it's a shame because, like the uh, actual like. Uh, value uh for the amount of food that you get for the price that you pay it's a good value uh the ambiance in the restaurant really didn't bother me too much i would you know there could have been a little bit uh, it could be a little bit better decorated in there uh but it did have very much of a colorado type of like uh theme going on in there which was kind of nice i guess if you're uh totally pro colorado or whatever and I'm a Colorado native, so that doesn't really bother me much, but it didn't really add anything for me either. So uh, the the wait staff was decent. You know, I'm going to – it's it's definitely uh, a middle-of-the-road place. Like if – like you said, if I'm going to meet a friend there, I probably wouldn't – I probably would not meet a friend there. I'm sorry. Uh, like you. I would probably go to a bunch of other places that are around there, but that would probably be – that would not be on the top of my list. Uh, the service was decent. I'm gonna give it like a like you a six. The food I'm gonna give it a, a five, and that just because I it, it, to me it just lacked flavor. Uh, 
minus the bacon. I mean, if it didn't have bacon on there, I wouldn't have known I, I was eating something. Uh, maybe maybe it was a glitch in the matrix or whatever. Uh, but I have no idea. But it, like, I, I I would not take a date there. And um, you know, I guess overall, I give it a six. I'm not like super happy about the place, but I'm not like it wasn't bad. But it wasn't just horrible either. Good. <laughs> Top ten. <laughs> Top tens. Goats like it. <laughs> All right. Your topic. You. How do you want to go? Ah, we're just gonna go here. So I wanted to take a quick moment and really reflect upon any. Top tens, no one I had. Um, some I'm sure will, without doubt. Uh, I think particularly around the restaurants and scotches be very similar uh, just because as we continue to adapt, grow, uh, and see other things, we continue to find similarities. But we also have many differences. And it's uh, I want to do this part of it to pay homage to ourselves and to each other in a sense of what were some of the smarter challenges that were presented to us, some of the scotches we provided each other, and some of the restaurants we visited where, hey, man, we're two years in. It's not that we're going to run out of restaurants in another two years, but should we revisit some of these, A, scotches, B, restaurants see smarter challenges and say hey what's changed what hasn't changed we've grown we're looking at things uh, differently we are 106 plus scotches in highlands lowlands islands it continues to grow jura isla this is a never-ending, well, right now it is an ongoing endeavor we have chosen to pursue, and it's great. And so with that, uh, I say we start first with the smarter challenges and this is in no way in order um part of this is just uh, a free-flowing hey man what were some of the things that really have stuck with you when you think back what do you remember and as no and i were talking about during dinner tonight i'm sure there are going to be some that he mentions where i'm like how did not that not like stick on my windshield versus, oh yeah, these other things were in the back of my brain. Now, the truth of the matter is the ones that impacted us each will hopefully, honestly, be different. Um, but at the same time, there will be similarities where we can look at where do we want to take this moving forward? So with the top 10 shows, uh, let's go, you can mention five, and these are in no particular order. I'll mention five, you'll mention five, and I'll mention five again. Okay. And this is a tough one. <laughs> All of this was tough because... I'm like thinking on, I'm looking at my list and I'm like, how did I not include that one? And I'm going to say right now, like, how did I not include Kennedy? Because it was one of my favorite shows. But let's go on. Okay. So I agree with you. This is extremely hard because there's a lot of great topics, a lot of great scotches. And when I, even when I look here at all the scotches that are that surround us, I'm like, how it's did like I? A circle. How did I not choose that one? Or how come I didn't choose that one? Like that one's great. Why isn't that one on my list? 
Uh, and same thing with the topics and the restaurants. Um, so the first grouping of five, and once again, this is not in any particular order. This is not my number one or my number 10. This is just one of the 10 uh, or five of the 10 that I, I really uh, kind of came to mind. First one is Tartaria. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, and, th- and the reason why Tartaria is on this list is that I think this is uh, Tartaria is like one of the very first ones that we did where we started to see like a big jump in viewership going from like uh, like our 20s and 30s up into the hundreds and stuff. So I thought that was a, a good step forward. I, I thought, and then. Dude, it was we hilarious. Also, we also got some like comments about it too. <laughs> Feedback so. was, what the is bit. <laughs> Uh, another one was Thoth, and I and here uh, the reason why Thoth in the Emerald Tablets, mind yeah, you, yeah, Thoth in the Emerald Tablets, and the reason one of the reasons why I have this one on my list is because you said like one of your uh, or your uh, some of your people that you work with uh something was happening at your work and they're like oh think Thoth or something <laughs> yeah. like that flame Thoth flame Thoth or, so I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Another one here is Queen's Gambit. I love that series. I thought it was a great series. And for the longest time, I wouldn't watch it. I don't know why I wouldn't watch it. But uh, uh, so it, it, the way she, uh, the acting in that was, I thought, phenomenal. I thought she did a, a fantastic job. Uh, and I, I like chess, too. You know, I, I was in a, in a chess club. My mom had to remind me I was in a chess club. I kind of forgot about it because like, it was way stashed back in my head. But uh, I was in a chess club in fifth and sixth grade and stuff like that. Um, Roswell, a Roswell episode I loved. Uh, that, I thought that was – and I think we should do more trips. And then uh, – so that's one, two, three, four – and then another one here that I really had a great time doing was cartoons that influenced us growing up. Uh, I think that was like a topic that uh, one of our repeating guests, which is Brian, had uh, suggested. And we talked about all like, I think, like He-Man and a bunch of other stuff. I forget what it was uh, since I've been on Big Skeletor kick. So I had to throw in He-Man there. <laughs> so that's my first grouping of five. All right, so with my first grouping of five, um, I love your first five. Um, v- several of them fairly well in line with mine. And I loved the fact that you brought up Tartaria and Thoth and the Emerald Tamlet. Those two were not things that came immediately to my mind. However, what's interesting is um, a lot of the things that impacted me were challenges that you represented and presented that made me think, okay, let's really look at this. Where? What's the point? Where are we going? What's the direction? Um, and so um, one of my favorite experiences with you was... Oh, the Punisher, watching the Punisher series. And I loved the Punisher comic book growing up. Um, Marissa went out to a comic book shop and bought me some comics to uh, present upon the show. And it was watching 20 hours of TV to, in one week to try to get ready for this next episode and it was fantastic it was great i think that that episode does not probably because it is very 
aggressive, aggressive, get a lot of the appropriate attention it deserves. Uh, it was well done and award-winning in my mind. You know, they're uh, coming out the new season now. Well, thank God. I've been waiting. Well, that's because uh, Disney took it over from Netflix. Hell yeah! And so now that uh, <sighs> Disney has it, not only are they going to do a new uh, Punisher, but I think they're also doing a new... Um, Daredevil? New Daredevil. Yeah! All right. Well, I'm in. Um, much along that one, though, was a different sort of experience, which was with us going to the Denver Art Museum and watching lovers, uh, saints, lovers, and fools. You know, um, that was fantastic to me. Another one of my favorites was our different uh, perceptions with The Great Gatsby. American Psycho, and then as you brought up, the best of Al Pacino. And Al Pacino was a great one. It wasn't just a tough one. It was a great one, particularly around Scarface. And looking at, man, everyone thinks this is just this badass mobster movie right when everyone thinks most people not everyone uh, i would say the majority of the population is like oh yeah so uh, scarface was just a guy selling drugs and the other and they don't consider the fact that historically much of this movie was based off of the fact that Cuba did release all of their criminals to come over to America, and there was this influx and change in the culture and dynamic, and this is one representation of that, and it was fantastic. Now, Al Pacino has done much more than that, The Godfather and many other things, and not to take away from any of that, but looking at the even just the Al Pacino perspective, and that is this man has a code much like in the great gatsby or the punisher these men have codes and as we even look back to the art museum you see in the art has the different strengths and weaknesses and opportunities gluttonies sins saints sinners lovers and fools was the exhibit saints sinners lovers and fools with that uh, different codes and it's, those are some of my favorite episodes so as you bank into the second portion or not ranked wise but the second half of your top 10 episodes what really stands out so first of all i just want to comment on your five there you're right the uh al pacino super oh, shit guys made yeah, an impact that, that, that was like that was a great topic and it just what made it so difficult though is because he's he has so many great films and he's done a great job acting still to this uh, day i i will I, i'm sorry i actually do apologize to interrupt but just to pay him the respect scent of a woman my top 10 movies still to this day favorite it that is a, that is an incredible movie i love that movie um so the other one I think you mentioned here was the uh, Saints, Lovers, and Sinners, or however it goes. Saints, Lovers, Sinners, and Fools. And fool, yeah. So that one is actually, and this is going to introduce into my second grouping, because that is in my second grouping of five. <laughs> Love it. Also in my second grouping of five, I had James Bond. That one I, I put on there because, A, I think it was kind of fun to talk about, like, 
top 10 uh, or the top like uh, Bonds women, top uh, theme song. Uh, and then the, the other cool part about that episode that I liked and why, why it popped up here on this uh, on my list for me is I loved how we filmed you walking into Fogo de Chao. Yeah, uh, and we did like the the, dun, 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 dun. the James Bond theme with that. So I thought that was a lot of fun. You nailed it. So I I I had fun editing that one. I had fun talking about it. Uh, so that that made it onto the list there. The next one uh, I put here in this group of five is the low budget films. Oh, I mean that was so much fun talking about like which like you know some like the bet like uh, I think it was like top three low budget films or something. Uh, from the 80s to now. And uh, I mean, I think you got like a new uh, new <laughs> figure behind you there with Ash. So Evil Dead made that made that appearance on there. And I think it's kind of fun to like check out so, like some of these like cult classics and stuff that, that were not like uh, like big, huge, like blockbuster type of money. But yet they did great either in the films or after they left the theaters. Uh became called classic so that was kind of fun another one here i played is sherlock um once again that's another that's another tv series like hey that was never even on my radar <laughs> uh i didn't even know cumberbatch like really played uh sherlock holmes uh, but it was it was a very entertaining and i'm uh grateful that you uh, introduced that show to me and uh i, I really loved it uh, another one here, which you had already mentioned, was the JFK show. I think we like we uh, overdid it a, a, a little bit. Had to but, fight it because it was four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> but it, even though, like, I think that created a great learning experience for us. Like when we tackle a huge subject like JFK, that maybe we needed to like narrow it down to like three main topics or something like that. So that was kind of I, I saw that as a great learning experience and. Plus, it also got like a lot of like views as well, and and it's something historical that happened. That I think people should know about, and hopefully one day we will actually know for sure the truth. But I think we all kind of have a, a good idea of what happened there. Um, yeah, I think those are the five. All right, for me, it's interesting because some of the ones you mentioned back and forth come into mind back and forth. So with my second half. Um, and this was one of yours for sure. And I love it. And I still think about it to this day. And this was Wednesday Adams. Oh, that was, uh, that was a good job. Uh -huh. And that one is right up there with, um, much like Al Pacino, but very, very dynamically different Christopher Walken oh, and Roy yeah. reviewing him. Um, then comes in much like yourself, the Kennedy assassination. Um, and then Queen's Gambit, you already mentioned. And for me, I had never watched that, but I had seen pictures of it and was always intrigued. And I'm like, yeah, I want a picture of a sexy lady with a chessboard. And I'm like, oh, this is a show. <laughs> Yes, please. And yes, please. Let's watch that. Uh, I understand why to this day it's Netflix's most watched season, particularly in their initial season. Um, and then for me, a little bit of emotional homage and connection to our first episode. Episode one, no video, just getting started, raw as can be. Dude, we were a wreck. 
listening to that we did okay i know i was nervous don't know how you were i was a train wreck though uh but really getting us started but the fact that at the end of the episode we knew we were train wrecks or at least i knew i was a train wreck and here we are 100 you know two plus years later and uh to me that has a very special place in my heart you know that really should be in there Actually, I think the first three probably should be in there, like or maybe in the first four or five. Dude, because all the experiences that we went through, because like we had like uh, <laughs> just solid backgrounds. You didn't, we didn't have any cameras yet when we first started. We only had one microphone that was a USB microphone. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, then we finally got cameras, but they kept going out on us because. Uh, we were still kind of like uh, using the, uh, the laptop to hear them. The laptop was starting out so much heat that it kept on shutting down the cameras for overheating. Uh, and that took us a little while to figure that out. Uh, yeah, like those first few episodes, I they were so much fun. Uh, and such a big, huge, I think a big, huge learning curve happened through all that. Uh, and it, we're still learning. I mean, definitely, I feel like I'm still learning. I hope so. If you're not learning, you're you're not you're you're the opposite of learning. You're forgetting. Okay, <laughs> so with that, uh, we're gonna give each other 15 seconds. Do you want me to go first? Or you go first. You can call it. But uh, 15 seconds just to mention other episodes that made an impact. And this is uh, just really thinking about anything else that comes to mind. You want me to go first? You go first. How many do we have to come up with? Uh, it's not about that. It's just about okay. what do you come up with in 15 seconds? Okay. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You can go first. All right. So uh, other episodes that really meant a lot to me. Watches. What kind of watch would you wear? Uh, what is your code? When we talked about different codes and what does all that mean to you? And man, 15 seconds doesn't cover crap. But finally, the last one would be... Uh, Man, I'm, I'm out. You're you're in. Okay, uh, so one of them would have to be uh, the uh, music through the decades. Yes, uh, that, that was, was so a great fun. one. That was great. That was so much fun. Agreed. Uh, I definitely have to say some of the uh, earlier episodes, like you're talking about, just because of the learning curve. Uh, the one thing I did, the one that the ones I liked. But for some reason, never got a whole lot of traction were our holiday ones. I, I thought it was kind of fun to do ones that kind of did a, uh, you know, did a, you know, something for the holidays. But for some reason, it didn't really seem to click with our viewership. So that's fine. Um, but I had fun doing like the, you know, May the 4th and stuff like that. Dude, I know. You spent 30 seconds just like I did. And it's just like, oh. there's so, no, I'm not taking anything away. It's just, there's so much, uh, and that's part of this. So for anyone else uh, out there, it, you, I'm not saying yes to Hey, you. Brian, you should tell us what your favorites were. <laughs> uh oh, dude. Casey, How did too. we not mention Top Gun? There's a perfect oh. example of our fail. There's two it's, Top Guns. Oh, too. my God. I know. That's what I mean. There's a, there is the Mavic versus Iceman, and then yes. there's the actual, like, where we had the huge event where we ran the theater. theater. No, I, I mean, I like, there's so many episodes and how did, how did I miss that one? Um, you know what? I think part of it is just our minds and what we're still thinking about. And I think it was very easy us to come to conclusion of Maverick versus Iceman, who was the better pilot, who was the better man in vice versa. And that doesn't mean that, the better man's the better pilot or vice versa. It means there can be a dissection. And at the end, when you look at it and you get to this older stage in life, man, 
that's when you really held, uh, for me, hope, much like Maverick in Top Gun Maverick, you, you fucking retired well because he's got his dream life if he can afford it. Yeah, I just don't know how, like, I totally overlooked either one of those two top guns. But, There's tons of them. That's only one but, example. But here's, here's the it's thing. It's on about, my list, but I didn't want to mention it until right now. <laughs> so one of the things about, like, some of our earlier episodes uh, that I liked, and, and this is... Young Frankenstein. How do you not mention that? <laughs> well, yeah, that was a fun one, too. But I think we covered uh, very shortly a bunch of different topics and it was like instead of like just being more i think now we're more structured than what we were back then uh but it was kind of fun how we just went from subject to subject to subject to subject uh and i'm not saying we can't do it again i'm sure we could if we wanted to but i think some of those things we we came across topics that we probably wouldn't have otherwise because like i think one of them talked about like hollow hollow earth as well as like cryptocurrencies yeah it's called godzilla versus kong (laughs) like how do you get like hollow earth godzilla versus kong and cryptocurrencies all together i don't know but it happened right that's what we do yeah so xrp all the way baby so that was like one of the things like i kind of missed from like the early shows and i found that they're kind of fun to do tons of fun all right all right so next we've talked about now uh, some of our favorite episodes we're going to finish with the scotches. So next, of course, is restaurants. Top 10 restaurants. So, again, this is in no particular order. Uh, we're going to mention five, go back and forth. And then with the five, if we want to give a descriptor as to why that was one of the five that stuck or one of the 10 that stuck in our minds, we can do that as well. So I can definitely tell you my first five are solid. That these are actually <laughs> truly in order. So it's funny that you, what you say that because I was the same way. I'm like, dude, my top five are easy. After that, it's like, okay, why? So my number one was Buckhorn Exchange. Number two was the Odyssey Italian restaurant. Number three was Fogo de Chao. Number four was uh, Maggiano's. And number five is Chateau de Jesse. Because of all the steaks dude, that we grilled here. Dude, we didn't just grill some steaks. We had some magnificent meals. We had some like bison, uh bison New York strips. We had some uh we had some great uh cuts and we made some fantastic meals with like the creme brulee and stuff like that. So I had to put Chateau de Jesse on there. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go in a different order. I'm going to go from only because you already mentioned your like top five. And I think, well, I don't think I know some of his top five are in my top five, but I'm going to go with some of the uh, underdogs. So I'm going to go with El Mariachi. Oh, Mexican restaurant in Parker, Colorado. Meatball Eatery. And uh, that's over there in Centennial. I think it might be considered Inglewood, Colorado, Rappo and I-25. Stagecoach! Dude, it's just value. Um, And I say stagecoach, but I don't mean stagecoach. Actually, I do mean stagecoach. It's just uh, fun. It's uh, down there in Franktown. It's a fun. Yeah, it's definitely a fucking bar. Baker bar. Um, Pints Pub. And to this, I don't know that they have, like, if I'm going there for a solid meal. But, man, if I'm going to the art museum, how do you not go there? And then uh, 
tailgate. I'm throwing tailgate in there. So uh, with tailgate, it's all about value and nothing goes wrong. Everything, like at the end of the day, it's a middle of the range restaurant that is a solid eight consistently and the food's a 10. And for me, the food, it being a 10 and the atmosphere, I, I would take dates there. I would take friends there. Everything's fantastic. Um, Pints Pub, I would go with there with friends. I would go there with dates again. I don't know the foods and ate, but they had good food. So there's nothing that's not good. Um, Stagecoach is fun if you're driving way the hell down going for a hike or something else i would absolutely go with there with friends i wouldn't go out of my way there if i'm going somewhere else uh meatball eatery dude there's nothing wrong it's perfect uh again though the one thing is the place is hopping and i'm not always trying to eat meatballs el mariachi oh man the fajita is to die um, all of these places to me are about experience and environment, um, but also about food. And none of these places are eh, skyrocketed prices and not worth it. Yeah, I think the top five that I chose, uh, other than Chateau de Jesse, but that could be pretty expensive too. Oh, dude, Chateau de Jesse was definitely expensive. You bought the steaks. We know this. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars later. <laughs> but in any case, uh, you know, Buckhorn Exchange, that's that that that's kind of a, like that great game food there. And uh, it's just a, it's a treat. If you've never been there, you have to go there, right? Uh, the Odyssey, that's another one. Uh, yeah, some famous people that have been there as well. I think what Buckhorn Exchange, I've got isn't that like the oldest uh, restaurant? In, uh, I think it's Denver's first liquor license, okay? So, yeah, so something, something like, like that. that. It's been around uh, a long the Odyssey, time. They had like, I, I think, uh, they had some famous people in there that they have up on the wall. It's like it looks like it's in an old house or whatever, but it was just like great Italian food. Uh, like, probably one of the better places I've been here in Denver. Fogarty Chow, if you like the Brazilian steakhouses, I think it, it beats Rodigio's. 10 to 1. Uh, and then Maggiano's, like that's a, such a great value for, <laughs> for for good Italian food. If you if you go there with like three to four people and you do the family meal, uh, which is awesome. So my bottom five, in no particular order, because here I didn't really care about the order. Right, correct. I have Crinelli's. Or Crinelli, uh, is that what it's called? That place was dynamite right there off of uh, um, Park Meadows Drive. Yeah, that place uh, is phenomenal. They have great Italian food delish. there. Delish. I put uh, Bookmakers. They have great uh, great burgers up there. Uh, I know you and uh, I think you and Marissa drove way out of your way just to go there and have a burger. Hell yeah, I would do it again. It is way out of the way, though. It's like 30 minutes out of the way yeah. for us. So, And then I put like uh, here, just like you have Casa El Mariachi. Uh, <laughs> their fajitas. Their fajitas. Their fajitas are phenomenal. And when, like we drive up, you just smell that the, the steak from the fajitas. It's just so incredibly good. Uh, tailgate, just like you. Just phenomenal, like value for the food. Like uh, Monday nights, half off burgers. Uh, you got half off wings on Wednesday nights. You got like uh, what was it, ten dollar pizzas or something like that? I don't know, they got all sorts of deals. Also, all sorts of deals, and it's just uh, the service is always great. The food always comes out the way you expect it to come out, and it's always good. Um, and then the last one I put here is Old Blinking Light. Mm. 
uh, which is out in Highlands Ranch area. And I kind of forget what I had there, but I know you got like the green chili like noodle dish or pasta. Fettuccine, green chili fettuccine. Yeah, and it was phenomenal. Like, it was a 10. Yours was uh, was great. <laughs> I know whatever, I forget what I got, but I know it was phenomenal because I remember just seeing like, this is a great restaurant. I want to go back here and try some other stuff. So that those, those that's my bottom 10 there. And just like you, a lot of it has to do about experience and the ambiance and then how the way staff treated us as well as like, the food itself. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is part of why I wanted to do this, by the way, is because uh, listening to you and your experiences, what you remember, that's what sticks. And uh, when we talk about it, part of our experience is the truth of the matter is, would I take this scotch to a poker game? Would I take this to a formal event? Am I hoarding this for myself? Am I sharing it with their friends? Is this a slow drinker or a fast drink? Um, no different with restaurants. Would I take a date there? Would I meet a friend there? And with that, I think those are some of the things that truly stick in our minds and are what is important for us to remember for us, ourselves. Um, so for me, and I kind of not, it's not about reverse order or not reverse order, but I absolutely want to give credence to these next five restaurants because they absolutely stick out in my mind. You've mentioned many of them. Uh, Maggiano's. Okay. How the hell do you go to Maggiano's uh, and enjoy a family-style dinner, three, they prefer four or more people, and not get your value and the experience out unless you're dealing with assholes? If you're going to dinner with assholes, get rid of the assholes, your dining experience will be extravagant in Maggiano's. <laughs> have fun, have some wine. I'm not saying it's cheap, but it's value. You are not, it's not expensive is the point. For the price per person, and you are getting more than your dollar's worth. Um, and then I'm going to go to a different extreme. Now, there's this little place uh, Noah mentioned. I can't believe I didn't even bring this one up, I think. Yeah. yeah, it is the one. Masha and the Bear. It's a little Russian restaurant. That place had the best. Like, oh, my God. Ever. It was dynamite. It's a little... And we use this term as uh, derogatory in a sense, hole in the wall. It was this tiny little restaurant, but it was so fabulous Russian restaurant. And I will forever remember going in there and just be like, these people, service was a 10. Honestly, I think at the time I gave it an eight or nine, uh, the food an eight or nine. Like everything, though, at the end of the day, what I go thinking back. Masha and the Bear is a definite visit. Would I go there with a friend? Yes. Would I take a date there? Yes. Especially if they like those foods. The only deterrents were at the time, man, they don't offer any sort of alcohol. And I'm, I'm assuming they still don't. If I hope they're still in business. It wasn't that long ago. And, uh, um, but their desserts also a fantastic. Now, going back, flipping back, you already mentioned the Buckhorn Exchange. I don't need to say anything more. Dude. If you haven't been there, it's not you cheap. You gotta go. You gotta go. It is a ten. Um, Fogo de Chow. 
again uh do not waste your time on any other brazilian steakhouse in colorado fogo de chow park meadows nailed it and then for me the finale um and i think this for me is the number one um from total experience and that is the italian restaurant odyssey odyssey italian restaurant and it's all about the experience the food was a 10 um the environment was probably a nine i would have liked a little bit different dining experience because we're in a hallway and there's this and there's that and the other but when you had to wait they gave you a, a cocktail or a mimosa and they let you enjoy it and everything was fantastic and that's what if you're looking to nail a date and i don't mean have sex i'm talking about get it right um, if you're looking to get a date right or meet a friend and have it be right this was the place and there were tons of friends there around tables around us it is an old house great big house might call it a mansion but nonetheless great big house so you've got hallways and rooms and bedrooms and dining rooms and all these different rooms are part of the experience so you can rent out uh, if you're having an event or not different sections but our uh, my dining experience of all of the ones we went to if money time and nothing else was an option of what we visited so far that would be my go-to um if that if that wasn't my go-to um because italian's so easy to cook i'd go to magianos <laughs> you had to throw that in there huh? i did only because i was thinking about it right because i'm like how are the first two restaurants i want to go to italian oh because it's difficult as hell so to my, cook. <laughs> my number one and it's the close one to two was the buckhorn exchange and then number two was odyssey Dude. for all the same reasons why you said no you can't i like i really don't i'm not saying they're my two favorite restaurants of all time but for what we visited on this show you cannot go wrong it's not going to be cheap for the odyssey it's not going to be short-timed for Margianos, but if you're with the right people, a date, friends, and in a good mood, neither of those places are going to give you less than a 10 at the end of the day. Exactly. Go in there with your dick hard and a smile, and you're going to come out. The and if same. you can do Fogo de Chao, I highly recommend doing it for the brunch. Dude, that's my third. And that one was tough not to choose of my top two. Um, only because it didn't have the same ambiance um it wasn't as romantic and dude we went to these restaurants and i'm not trying to romanticize you but at the end of the day i'm still like do i want to take a date here and magianos dry creek and i-25 so centennial location uh because the 16th street mall location renovated and is no longer some place i want to take a date um so magiano's uh, centennial or fogo chow basically centennial but park meadows 100. If you're downtown or near downtown, I definitely would say Buckhorn Exchange should be on that list. Oh my God. It's just a blast. Again, go with a friend or someone else. 
uh, realize it may take a few minutes. Know you're probably going to be eating real meat. So if you're vegan, do not go to this location. Please disregard our suggestion. Uh, I don't even know if they have anything besides alcohol hey, that's uh, vegan on their menu. They serve, they serve all plant-based food. All plant based food there at Black Corn Exchange, right? Because the animals, the animals eat eat grass and other vegetation. So my, you Those know, my, animals are high as fuck. <laughs> All right. I Finally, guess. top ten scotches. All right. That's right. Then my goats. All right. This one is going to be in no no particular order, and I know I miss stuff. <laughs> you and I both, with all these, with the restaurants, with everything, it's been a great experience, Noah. Okay, so my first grouping of five is the Open 18. Ooh, it's not even on my list. <laughs> is that? No, I, I. but this is how crazy it is. You're talking about trying to nail 10 out of 110, basically, fabulous scotches. Uh, the next one was the McAllen number six. Mm -hmm. And here's where I think I goofed up, but just because I totally spaced out about it. But I put the Arbeg Oogadol, but really I should have put the uh, the one that we tried last week. Oh, the Trivon? Yeah, the Trivon. Dude, the Oogadol is oh, fucking amazing. It is. It's great. And then after that, I put the uh, uh, Lagavulin 11. I think it's the third edition. Is that is that the third edition? Uh, Charred Oak. The Charred Oak. Offerman. Yeah. It's, I think it's the third year, second edition. Okay. So that Charred Oak one, uh, not the Guinness version, but the Charred Oak one. That's I think that one, uh, that's on my list here. And then Lagavulin Distillers Edition. Hmm. So that's my first grouping of five. I think all of these are great. I like oh, Open 18 is definitely like, that's like my favorite or it was my favorite. Uh, it's been a while since I had it. So, and we've had so many scotches between now and then um, that I would like, to, I probably need to get another bottle and uh, make sure that is my favorite. The McKellen number six, that was great too, but we had it so early in our, in our, in our venture that maybe, maybe it's just more about like, it's still good, I promise. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it is still good. Uh, the Ugadol, I know that's awesome. And if that actually had one like Scotch of the Year one time. So uh, it's a great bottle. The the Offerman uh, third year, whatever edition that is, that, that one is incredible. That was so good. I, I, Ready for a bison filet yeah. or Ooh. some New York strip. And, and the distiller's edition that we had, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? That yeah. one was incredible as well. It was. And it's interesting because here's something that's interesting to me. Um, I did not include uh, Lagavulin, typically my favorite distillery, the Lagavulin distiller's edition from a couple weeks ago. However, I, I did include some others. So for me, some things that are absolutely in line with yours. Um, the McAllen edition number six. And to this day, that was so fantastic that uh, I don't even know how, like, we just literally have to revisit it. Yes, we do. Um, man, it's actually interesting to me because I think all the scotches you mentioned, I'm like, how are they not in my top 10? At the same time, I'm like, what's he going to feel about the ones I'm mentioning? So part of what is like a basic, 
and I mean this, a basic, and I don't expect this to be on your top 10, but a basic staple to me is the Lagavulin 8. Uh, We had it right in our first couple of episodes, and it's a price point right around the $55 mark. Uh, Value-wise, it's in line. Um, So we got the McCallan Edition number six, absolutely in line with what you said. Um, The Lagavulin 8. The next one for me, Ardbeg 10, our first episode. Now looking back, there are so many other scotches in its realm that Ardbeg the 10 is probably, if I was comparing them all, it would be the last one I would buy unless we beast these on the list and that would be <laughs> something I just wouldn't buy. But any of these others, but at the same time. Your choice was Scarabus or Ardbeg. Yeah, Ardbeg, we beasties still. So Scarabus was the shits. I mean it, like Taco Bell, even though apparently Taco Bell doesn't give people the shiz. So uh, with the Ardbeg 10 is still in that line also because much like the Lagavulin 8 or um, some of the other scotches in our list, they're consistent. They don't falter. They are what we know. Um, And then it's going to go to, uh, this is so tough. Literally countless great scotches on here. The next one I'm going to go to is the Dalmore 15. And uh, the Dalmore 15, probably, I'm assuming, still better than this Dalmore 12, was dynamic, fantastic, much like the Cigar Mall, unbeatable. Um, then. This scotch, we weren't even giving them scores. I'm only contemplating scores as I'm, I'm thinking about this. So I'm sorry. So Glen Morangia, Tale of Forest. How is that not on the top 10? I feel like I should be drinking this scotch while I'm in a sauna, sweating my ass off and be like, yeah, the eucalyptus and the pine in here keep me fresh. I feel like a million dollars, literally. And then um, the next one on this list, and this is so tough because there were so many great, I'm trying to save, this is what's the hardest part. I'm trying to save the best fire for last. Um, The Dalmore cigar malt god damn um this Dalmore, the 12 year sherry castellite is sexy as hell um the cigar malt uh Dalmore is a man scotch is what you get together when you're getting together with your friends they've been known your man friends female friends whatever your friends uh and, and I'm really just saying that to really emphasize people you trust with your life and you're doing your things with cigars and scotch or whatever. And in this case, if you're watching this, cigars and scotch. And you're like, yeah, guys, let's have a great scotch and a great cigar. We're going to go below 30 bucks on a cigar and a couple hundred bucks on a scotch. Yeah, that scotch goes with the great cigar. Man, you can't go wrong with it. Like, I literally, it was, if I could drink it anytime I smoked a cigar, I would. All right. So my next five, my next grouping of five, I'll start it off with one of the ones that you've already mentioned. The Glen Morangi Forest. Dude, 
The eucalyptus. How the hell did they get that in there? I don't know, but it tasted great. It was fantastic. Uh, the next one after that was the Oban Special Release 2022, the Purple Rabbit. Sexiest canister Oban's put out, in oh, yeah. my knowledge. As far as my knowledge goes as well. I think it tasted great. Uh, then I have the McAllen Harmony Chocolate. Mm. That one I thought was incredibly well done. Then the Ben Riach 12. I just love the blueberry. It just like, the, I just call that the blueberry scotch because I just, and I love blueberries. It actually didn't make my list, but I don't disagree with you. It should be up there. I just don't know how to rate some of these. And then the last the last of my group of fives, which makes out and rounds out my uh, 10 here. Once again, these are in no particular order. But here, this is the Dalmore King Alexander III, which I thought was phenomenal. And there's so many more that I, I didn't even include that. Dude, it great. It's, it's breaking my heart. Um, so for me, and uh, this is where it gets really, really tricky. So in, in the other five, and I think these truly do become my top five, uh, only because I'm, as I was going through my list, you can see my dots. I'm like all over the, I'm scattered, but trying to like bring out what I do and don't think. Probably what comes to mind initially. Lagavulin 11, the Offerman you already mentioned. Hell effing Yeah. Um, man, the McAllen Harmony Collection, the Coco. How do you not include? I like. I just literally don't even know how you don't include that. King Alexander the Third, Obit or uh, Dalmore, King Alexander the Third, dude. If we were doing our points, I imagine at this date it might. I'm not saying it would, but it might still have our highest point scale. Okay, uh, and again, I don't have points to to align with these things, but I'm not saying these are like the best two scotches. Last week's Ardbeg Trivan, holy guacamole! That was 19 years. I'm still just floored by how great it was. And then what I have to finish with is actually. Our first scotch ever. That was our big 10. I mean, our second. Oh, the McAllen triple cask? Ah, shit, I'm fucking this all up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's our third, fourth, what, fifth, whatever. I'm talking about the Obin Night's oh, Watch. Night, okay. Is that episode three? Uh, maybe it's, it's two or three. All right. I, I could have gotten like the McAllen uh, triple cask. I, I, so. I don't know. But anyway. The Oban Night's Watch to this day ha holds a special place in my heart where it has the brine, but still the malt. It has the steel, in other words, with the mineral, and it is special to me. And yeah, right. Our Big Ten I mentioned earlier, I even mentioned it was the first episode, but um, is on there. But so is that Oban night's watch and there's something about that where i don't 
it is ubin at heart when you drink it but there's something special i think that's probably the one that opened me up to ubin and being like one of my more, uh, more um favorite distilleries yeah if uh and because of that not on my top 10 is the opens a little way i think that's the closest thing to it i think it is too and it's dynamite so i love it all right well that concludes uh this week's episode as far as the uh the normal stuff but uh next week uh we'll be trying the lagavulin 16 going there that's, that's the uh, going plan and then uh the topic i've been going back and forth on what i want the topic to be um so i'm gonna ask you a, a quick question here five twelve eighty five uh do you feel like watching a series that has probably about like 12 episodes or would you rather do like a movie type of thing either one man uh Whichever one's sexier. Well, I think sexier might be uh, if we do the movie. Like, Let's do the movie. All right. So the movie is the best of all the screams. Like mm. who is the best? Who who is the best killer to wear the ghost mm. the ghost mask uh, or ghost face? I, I should say. Uh, who are the best protagonists and uh, and stuff like that? So uh, I know that in this case you have to catch up with two movies, I believe. Five and six. Five and six. I have to I have to rewatch like two, three, four. I'll probably do that too. <laughs> and so, one, I'll probably start. Dude, I loved the original Scream. Man, that I was knew, a sexy movie, though. Well, see, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I thought of this uh, of this subject because I I like. like I, was, I saw six and I loved it, and I knew that you loved the first scream. So I think it'd be kind of fun just to talk about all six of them. Uh, the other option was to watch the uh, TV the TV series called Jericho. Uh, if you don't know anything about Jericho, uh, basically uh, the United States collapses and uh, a new government is formed, and it's kind of interesting like how these people go through life, and it only lasts for like one and a half seasons, and people speculate about why it was taken off air. Oh, weird. So yeah. Elon Musk building a environment, and uh, you know he's building cities and towns in Texas for his employees. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so in any case, um, yeah, we'll do the uh, scream, and we'll do like best of scream, and uh, and talk about, uh, and then also talk about episode or the sixth edition of scream. Since uh, I know we both like Jenna Ortega. All right. Oh, she's in Scream Six and Scream Five. Jenna Ortega is? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's just a really good actress in Wednesday. <laughs> she, what? she is a great actress. No, she's Wednesday. great. She so, makes the show very right. dry. This is my understanding. So, uh, everyone, thank you for uh, watching us. If you made it this far, uh, you probably see me wearing green. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, also, uh, Thank you to all the new uh, subscribers, listeners, uh, and for subscribing to us, uh, leaving any comments, sharing, and liking. If you want to become a patron member, a Patreon member, it's in our description down below, and it's the very first hyperlink there. And uh, I'll let Jesse finish it off. All right, remember, please drink responsibly. You don't see Noah and I going around driving after our episodes because we've had a few drams of scotch. 
Drink responsibly. Second of all, life is great. Now, here it always becomes challenging, and this is very true, uh, because great life doesn't necessarily mean easy life. We are here to, we are mammals. We are here to fight for our success. And you're going to have a lot of people telling you to be vegan or do this or that, the other. And I 100% support that. That doesn't mean you should not acknowledge what are they doing. They are fighting for their right to earn money by convincing you to buy their products, X, Y, and Z versus uh, A, B, and C. So with that, remember you are animals you are here to fight for what you want don't settle for the weak initiative and with that uh drink responsibly life is great have some great friends uh please like share subscribe even if you never watched another episode subscribe help us meet our dreams that's what we're going after we'll keep uh enjoying and uh sharing our opinions and with that you gotta fight fight for, for your right, right to party happy st patrick's day scotchman Cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.